This is First and Five, Northwest Missouri's exclusive podcast covering regional sports. Tune in every Thursday for the latest information on sports news and entertainment. And now, your hosts, Phil and Guy. You say that you are mine. This is the First and Five podcast. Guy Speckman and I are going to talk Northwest Missouri sports and its football season. What we do on the first and five is we pick five topics every week we talk about. We're going to try to get this posted on Fridays, Thursday or Fridays, to give you a little preview of this week's games and maybe a summary of the last week. So today's first topic on the first and five, in the KCI conference, we're going to talk about Mid-Buck. Is Mid-Buck a program or did the program graduate? They lost all those seniors last year, Guy. What do you think about Mid-Buck this year? I think this is one of the really good stories that we're going to have as this year goes on. And first of all, let's say how excited we are here. And we've started this program and haven't mentioned the, the C word as in COVID in, uh, yet until I just said it. So happy for us that we're at that point. But I got to think that that Midbuck is the story coming through. And, and you know, Aaron Fritz has, has been a, a coaching darling of the area and rightfully so. He's coached this group up. They've, they've gone from the last four years, two and eight, nine and five, 12 and two, 13 and one, a state championship appearance. And so, I mean, this program has, has just gone straight upward with, with good coaching and good kids. And so now this year, I think is really the test of, do they take it to a step where they start to become a program or they reload? Maybe they don't have as many, much talent. They don't have the dudes this year, maybe as much, but maybe they bring them in at, at a, and, and have a nice record. Um, you know, maybe they go nine and two, maybe they, maybe they run back, you know, maybe they run this thing back, but, but you know, sometimes most successful seasons coaching are the ones that uh, they don't have as much talent, but they but they uh, they play above their their level. And so I think that's the uh, one of the stories we're going to be able to watch this year. You and I've seen it in Savannah over the years as we watch Savannah program. You see one of those great years every ten years or so, and then you see just the absolute the other side of the coin where you you go twelve and two one year, and then the next you're going one and nine. And so I think that's the real challenge for Midbuck this year is to is to keep the thing going even if they don't have all those kids. And I'll throw this out there with that: if you turn into a Maryville and you simply reload your gun every year and you're having a competitive team just as you did before, I think that is a sign of having the kids and having the program, having the turnout, everything that, and that's a program tough to do in high school sports as you're uh, you're gifted of the the athletes that are in your school. And so yeah, that's, I mean, I think you're right on. I mean, there's only a few of those programs like uh, Maryville. There's only a few of them around. Platt County maybe is one of them as well that, that keeps at a high level all the time. Lamar, for sure, uh, is one of those programs. Then, uh, you know, obviously Web City. On to topic number two, and I caught glimpses of the St. Joseph Jamboree last week. And there has been conversation about maybe going to two high schools in St. Joseph. And when we look at the three teams, St. Joe Benton, St. Joe Lafayette, St. Joe Central, are these teams ever going to compete at the high level of which the conferences they play? I think history tells us the answer to this question, that it's just not going to be possible. And while there's lots of things to discuss about whether you combine high schools, and and, and I certainly don't have a dog in the fight for uh, – 
for St. Joseph Education, how they how they end up uh, going forward with that. But from a football standpoint, this is an easy answer: is they have to combine. I mean, they have to begin to get some of these same kids on the same team because right now it's just a um, it's just an impossible situation if you want to compete at a high level. Maybe maybe you don't, maybe they don't. And you know, th- that's understandable as well. Football doesn't rule everything. We'd like it to sometimes, but it shouldn't. Uh, but from a football standpoint, I, I just think the, the deck is stacked against them when you can't, um, when you can't uh, get, get the kids. I mean, you're just not going to get the dudes when it goes this way. And I think the scoreboard tells the truth with that. Uh, don't want to be discouraged to any of the St. Joe schools, uh, just as you wouldn't, Guy. But at the same time, history will tell you that you, you're pulling – uh, a lot of your assets away from each other instead of pulling them together when you have three schools in St. Joe. And it's it's about your athletes and your talent. I mean, you can say what you want about coaching. Um, they aren't miracle workers. And I think there's a lot when it comes to facilities that are updated that spark interest and, and create motivation in people. Um, it goes from, you know, the uniform you wear and the, the colors. Are, I mean, there's a whole series of things that can create a program and create a perception, and, and that carries to them on the field. I just don't see where St. Joe has had that, and that's history. You know, that's just the history of it. Now, go back 20 years, you know, yeah, they probably did have a little more. I mean, I, I know they did, and, and that we've watched that go away because that is still the same football field that they played on 50 years ago. And there's nothing against that football field, but it, it's not winning anymore. So you have to think about change. And, and I'm a proponent of, yes, athletics do make the school exciting. More people want to be a part of it. They want to be in the band. They want to be on the palm team. They want to, you know, they, that, that just creates the tone in the school. And I think that's important for kids. And that's and the competitive th- nature that applies in the world. And, and don't you think we, I mean, from smaller towns, we understand a little bit that what, what, it could do to unify probably not in the beginning because you've got the North side, you've got South side and you've got central. I mean, that, that are going to be some division, but at some point there's going to be a, if you, if you combine schools, there's going to be a team and it may be a basketball team. It may be a football team. It may be a girls basketball team. And who knows what it may be, but it's going to unify the community because people are going to get behind a, a, a good team and it's going to unify. And, Right now, that's just tough to do in St. Joseph. It just is, and you know, it, it's it's weird to go against tradition and say that's what's not unifying. But but um, you know, Reggie Trotter's got. I mean, he's he's a good football coach. He came from the college ranks. He's over there at Central, and and you know, half the town's talent is is at other schools, and and he's going down to play Staley and Park Hill South and Lee Summit. It, you know, that that's that's not something many of us would want to do. Yeah, it's not real motivating when you know your, your your odds are against you before you even get on the bus. You know, we'll talk about that because we're going to watch the scoreboards every week, and I'm rooting for them. You know, if, if, that's just fair to say that all our St. Joe schools are underdogs uh, when it comes to, to most of the games they play. Now, Benton and Lafayette uh, competing in the MEC, probably a little more equal caliber, but obviously Central, they're in probably one of the best conferences in the state. Um, if not one of the, I would, I just think a lot of that conference, we don't have the private schools in that conference in Kansas city that they, you know, a lot of them have in St. Louis and they go, when they go to the state championships, they compete. So on to the next topic, who's the new big dog in the KCI conference. Now we get so many smaller towns that I like these, these Friday night lights in these small towns. So KCI conference, who, who's it going to be mid buck, uh, obviously, uh, going to try to defend the title. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, and, and this thing's gone through a, through a little bit of a cycle the last few years. Lathrop just totally dominated that thing for a, for a few years there while they had that group come through and ended up playing in the state championship game, losing the Lutheran North, but um, uh, which is another subject altogether. As a Plattsburgh guy, I, I can't root for Lathrop, but I don't think that they got a fair shot on that, uh, that state championship game. I think that Lutheran North program is um, – it's just something to discuss, I guess, at some point. But, you know, what I'm reading in the KCI, I'm seeing that, uh, you know, Mid-Buck, you got to say, he's coming back as the, as the favorite. They're ranked number two in max preps right now. Uh, but, but no one's played a game. No one's hit anybody yet. So that, that's going to make a difference. And then Penny, Penny's number eight in max preps and East Buck's number 14. So those have got to be your favorites coming out of the gate to see who's going who's gonna to take the man on. You know, it's going to be interesting if Mid-Buck could, could hold on to it for a couple of years and uh, establish themselves as the power. And, and you know as well as I do, being, just being around here, the Mid-Buck uh, uh, level of uh, enthusiasm is strong right now. I mean, you can just feel it from that, that fan base. And, uh, from, from you know, there's a lot of pride going on. And uh, sometimes that goes a long ways. Well, if you're competitive, you always like to win. I think you have that. Now, the exciting thing about the KCI conference is we won't know what's going on here for a couple of weeks because uh, keep in mind, last year was a COVID year, different setting for the kids. And now you have some kids that actually get to see a full stadium um, and actually get to play in an environment that is truly a Friday night light. So who knows? That could spark some kids' performance if somebody we never heard about, and now he's going to run for 300 yards this weekend, and we're going to be going, you know what? East Buck's unstoppable, North Platte's unstoppable, whoever it may be. So we'll know here in do the coming you, weeks. Do you think that uh, last year's COVID year is almost a write-off as far as comp, comps and, and for this year? I mean, do you think that that, that has a big impact? Absolutely. I, I think I think you can write a lot of things off in the world from last year, including high school football, yeah, because the world went at a standstill. And um, now we're regrouping, regrouping. Now things are going to be different, obviously. I mean, who knows, because there's still a spread going on right now. But I think the schools, for the most part, is you know, one of the things that I saw the jamboree was, and I, and I read a quote in the St. Joseph News Press from some of the players, it just felt good to be on a field and have players and have fans in the in the stadium. And so if you think about it, if you were a sophomore last year and you didn't get to experience that, now you're a junior and you remember as a freshman, an eighth grader going to games, now you get a chance for those Friday night lights. You know, does that make you want to work harder? Absolutely. I mean, when you have people cheering for you, that creates a performance. You just go down to Arrowhead on a Sunday. You know? Good point. And, and it, could, it could really change some performances of, of uh, individuals as well as teams, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, and we'll stay in tune with that because who knows with COVID, uh, obviously there's things going on right now that, that are creating some things to shut down, but hopefully we, we can leave these high schools and let them play their ball. And this is Matt Thrasher with American Family Insurance. As a lifelong resident, I've always been proud to support the local athletics. With over 20 years of insurance experience, please think of me and my agency for your insurance needs. Feel free to give me a call at 816-238-1121. Next topic, and this is number four on the top five, is St. Pius the new king of the MEC? Do they do they pass up Maryville? Is that where we're at on it, you think? Is that where we are? Yeah, well, 
I mean, that's the question. I mean, you know, St. Pius, I think it was hands down the clear favorite in the conference last year. I don't even, I don't even, I can look at the scores. I haven't looked at them, but they ran the table. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, got all the way to the state championship game, correct, and lost to Lamar. Um, and, and I, I mean, that program surprised everyone two years ago when they got rid of a longtime coach that was well-respected, that is well-respected still, Rick Byers. They, they, they got rid of the coach, brought a new coach in, and we found out they had some players. And they're, they're allegedly uh, loaded up again this year for, uh, to make another run at it. And it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep, uh, keep uh, pushing Mary, Maryville out of the way because Maryville is not going to take very, very kindly to uh, giving up the MEC. And I, I suspect that has been, uh, despite their success, regardless in the playoffs and once they got out of, out of conference play, uh, you and I have both seen Maryville long enough to know that uh, they've probably been talking about that conference a little bit uh, uh, up north. Well, and <clears throat> this will create a bigger conversation that we'll have later in the season. But if you look at the St. Louis area and what the private schools do and what they have the ability to do in football, basketball, baseball, doesn't matter. You know, they have opportunities that your standard enrollment doesn't have, right? Right. So – if, if St. Pius, which I don't understand why they haven't done it before, but they can obviously go out and encourage people to attend their school. Just so happens if you have an outstanding arm and you can throw the ball 65 yards on a dime, perfect. We got a football team. You can try out for it too. You know, who knows if those, how those conversations work? I don't know. I've never been a part of it, but those Catholic schools or those private schools in St. Louis, they reload. And I, I mean, I, I'll speak from baseball. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of other schools that get state championships other than Westminster if there is no Westminster. Absolutely. And if you see, I, I think what's happening is something you're seeing in football now. And and this has gone on before, and, and it just runs in cycles. But you see it in, in volleyball all the time. I mean, you you get a group of of uh, young athletes that start playing together when they're in third and fourth, fifth grade, and they play all the way up through high school. They end up at a private school together. They play they play all the way through that, and they and the state championships for private schools in volleyball is just you know it's the the charts way off. You know, it's eighty twenty something like that, some kind of crazy number. And so you're starting to see that now. You're gonna you see these groups of kids that played youth football together came up through the system and presto, they end up at a, at a school together. And, and I don't know if there's a solution to it. I saw a thing and I, I followed a Twitter account the other day in Texas where they have a private school um, division in Texas where the private school is playing a division. But, uh, and, and now in Arizona, they have a division that it's called, it's an upper level division. And so any, it doesn't matter size of school, uh, certain schools can play in that upper level division. Doesn't matter who you are, and that's the best of the best. And uh, so you could be what we are now. You know, you could have a class two, class three Lutheran North out of St. Louis. They'd be playing up against the the big dogs in, in throughout the state of Missouri. And I, I don't know if that's the solution or not. But it's um, if if they keep knocking off Maryville uh, in the MEC, then that'll be interesting to see where where Pius goes from there and uh, where where everyone else uh, what the feelings are. 
Well, I've got a, I've got pious to pick the MEC before I even know anything about him because I do think that coach down there's got this dialed in. <laughs> Once you know how to play the game, baby, you're you're on full go. And I just learned that from other private schools in St. Louis. Hey, last topic, and we're on the MEC. Maryville's still good. Uh, they reload every year. Is it going to be another good year for the Hounds? Yeah, and you know you're a you, I, I kind of consider you a pseudo Maryville guy. Sometimes you kind of you your kids have played sports with those guys from time to time, and <laughs> and uh, I, I've got a little too much Savannah in me to to uh, have a lot of love. But let's be honest. I mean, they're they're a premier program. Uh, I think I was telling you before the program today that one thing you got to consider is they do have a little bit of a demographic. Uh, um, uh, benefit. They've got like five di- school districts in the in Nottoway County, uh, four real little ones, and then Maryville. And the demographics in Maryville, you got a hundred million dollar state payroll or or a hundred million dollars worth of government money going into a university town. Your demographics are a little bit different than some of the competition that they've had to face over the years. In my opinion, I mean, you've got. Um, you know, Lathrop had to get through them to get to a state championship. And uh, I, I've never considered Lathrop and Maryville to be similar communities. Uh, maybe you do. Uh, I don't know how much time you spend at the cafe in Lathrop, but uh, it's, it's not very similar to, uh, to Maryville. They get a nice gas station. They do that. They have a couple of nice gas stations. I think they have a Trexmore out on the edge of town and then uh, a nice one in town. You, so. you don't hit the board until you get a McDonald's though. And I think yeah, they and, two in Maryville. They got a Taco honestly, John's. And honestly, Maryville's got like four Casey's. I mean, so that, that trumps uh, Lathrop's one Casey's. And, <laughs> uh, but that's sour grapes a little bit, too, because Maryville runs a really good program. Their fan base has always been uh, uh, fully behind them and uh, supporting the program, and they've had good coaches. And you're going to have good coaches in, the, in those types of environments. You're going to have uh, opportunities to, to hire good, good, good staff. And they just keep this thing going. And that, like I said about Midbuck before, it's probably harder to reload and keep going um, than anything. You, you know, you, you can have one group of kids, but how do you keep doing it again and again and again? And they do it. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll learn more about all these teams and what's going to be true in all of it in the in the coming weeks as the season gets started now i don't have any comps to use but i gotta pick them guy and and we got three i'm ready i'm ready i'm 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 gonna win some money this year well he, he was on a run a little bit last year i think but then i think i battled back but okay first game uh obviously uh savannah alum i like uh savannah at excelsior of course i'm gonna pay attention to that game but Unfortunately, the Savages probably not going to do it. I've got Excelsior minus 14. Kind of a bit two-touchdown favorite there. You know, this is a uh, this is like I do real, real-time real gambling. Um, I have no idea who's going to win this ball game, but I'm going to go. You know, they say um, I did hear Savannah has 42 freshmen out, which doesn't do us a damn bit of good on Friday night. But – 42 freshmen is a pretty nice number to have out uh, when, when, when we start talking in two years. So, but I'm going to go, I'm going to say that Savannah covers on this. Uh, I'm going to take the 14 points and uh, take Savannah. Okay. Next game. 
East Buck at South Harrison. And we didn't touch on the Grand River Conference uh, this week, but we will be because that's another fun conference, both eight-man and 11-man. That It's just good small-town Friday night stuff that I like. Uh, however, South Harrison, uh, they got a battle this week, uh, even at home. I've got East Buck minus eight at South Harrison. Yeah, I'm going to um... – I think East Buck may be one of those programs that that uh, is on the rise back to uh, back to some of their pr- prior levels, uh, and so I'm I'm thinking they might be one of our team that breaks out here early. Um, so I'm going to go with East Buck and give up the points. How many points am I giving up? Eight. Did you change that on me just now, or did you? Is it no? Is I was it, minus eight. Yeah. Okay. Eight. Okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give up the eight points. Take East Buchanan and think they win by. 15. Okay. Last game, probably the game of the week for me. I mean, these are two powerhouse. This is a lot of times your state championship. Maryville versus Blair Oaks at Lee Summit, a neutral field. And it's a pick 'em guy. It's a pick 'em. It's a pick 'em. You know, this is, uh, you know, Blair Oaks gave him two losses last year. And so now you're betting on whether, uh, uh, whether Maryville can uh, overcome that. Have they sat around all summer long and thought about this particular football game? Have they worked for it? Is there something that they can do different that can make this happen? And who left? Um, I just can't go against Maryville on this thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Maryville in the, in the Pickham game and hope that the darn thing doesn't end in a tie. You well, know, this is, that's a different level of football. I mean, when you go these three games and you go Maryville, Blair Oaks, at Lee Summit North, uh, I mean, that's just uh, – uh, that just tells you the, the difference uh, some, not, sometimes on Friday night on what's going on because that's, that's, that's going to be a big old matchup. Well, regardless, it's just so exciting that uh, I feel like that the schools are opened up and actually kids are – get to have a they get to go to the football games and they're at, they're going to be in the stadium so it's a little bit of normal coming back and and when it comes to being an athlete or someone in the band or a cheerleader or a parent or you know those are years that you don't get back and things that you always remember and those are exciting times that nobody takes from you whether you get a win or a loss or a bruise or a bump or a touchdown uh, the, the, these Friday nights are, are, are a lot of fun for the schools. Everybody's back in school now, and uh, I'm excited after a year off, and I'm excited about reporting on how all this shakes out for the season, Guy. I think it's going to be a great year, and, and I do think we all have a little bit more appreciation for the little things in life, and and this is the toy department of life, but uh, it's certainly uh, going to be fun to see uh, see Friday night light up again. Uh, a lot of a lot of communities get back out there, see the lights turn on. Uh, Twitter will be rolling with all the scores and and things going on. So it's going to be it'll it'll be a good Friday night this week. Well, we'll have more to report next week as we get some scores and the season launches. So. Stay tuned and, and join us next week. This is the First and Five podcast. We cover Northwest Missouri sports. Thanks, Guy. Thank you, Phil.